So great big good morning to everyone. I'm Pastor Chuck Blair. Great to have you folks here joining us today. Marcus, is my microphone on? Oh, oh, there we go. Now I'm good. Great to have you folks joining us this morning. Pastor Chuck Blair. And, and happy Mother's Day. We know Mother's Day you know, means different things to different people. And we'll be honoring the different parts of Mother's Day actually at the end of the service today. And a few other quick things we have going on at New Church Live. Church is really so much about community. And community has shifted over this COVID season to both some in-person stuff, which we see growing, as, as well as online. And we want to be able to serve well into this new era. So to do that, what we have is a couple of offerings coming up. One, as many of you know, right after church, we have coffee and donuts. Virtual coffee and donuts run out of Michigan by some wonderful volunteers. You're more than welcome to join them for a conversation right after church online via Zoom. The link is in the chat function of our live stream. And the other one that's kind of fun, we're going to have a little pop-up conversation on Monday. As many of you know, there's a movie that's been making the rounds. It was one of the top movies on Netflix last week. It is from the movie Things Heard and Seen. It includes a lot of Swedenborgian thought. Emmanuel Swedenborg is to this particular denomination what Martin Luther is to a Lutheran church. So a lot of his ideas get worked into our particular Christian theology, theology that really comes down to there is a loving God and he's on your side. It's as simple as, simple as that. This movie takes some of the thoughts that, that around Swedenborgian thought, turns them into a movie. It turns them into a horror movie, just so you know. And, and, and the movie itself, I found it kind of entertaining, filled with lots of great conversation points. It, it hits some things right on. Other pieces are, are, are definitely made for the movies. We'll just put it that way. And I thought, what a great chance to have people join us for a conversation. So you're more than welcome to join us Monday night, 7 p.m. This is on our events page. And if you can't seem to find the link, please just shoot me a note and I will gladly get the link out to you. And with that, with a few other offerings from New Church Live, I introduce Angela. Good morning. Uh, my name is Angela Cooper and I work here at New Church Live. My role is helping people plug into the New Church Live community. And I just wanted to update you on a couple things going on and invite you to participate uh, wherever you might be joining us. Um, the first thing I want to mention, I've been trying to get the word out. We have a weekly newsletter that goes out once a week. Um, and it's a great way to plug into, the, you know, get all the information for everything going on at New Church Live. We're working on getting that up on our web but for now, if you just put your name in the chat window, I always scroll through and I will make sure that I can get in touch with you and get you um, subscribed to our newsletter. Or you can go to our website and there's a contact us form um, and you can put your information there. And I always see those and I always get back to people. So if you want to get our weekly newsletter, it comes out once a week. Um, and like I said, it has all the information on things coming up, ways to get involved. It kind of gets you ready for Sunday, what we're going to be talking about on Sunday. Um, and it's just a great way to stay connected and plugged in. So I would highly recommend getting um, that um, in your inbox weekly. Um, and in that this week, um, I want to invite anyone who lives locally, um, our congregant Bob Plefka, who's actually spoken here a couple of times, is going to be hosting a meeting for anybody who lives locally to get involved with New Church Live locally. So they're going to be talking about ways to do community service projects, ways of getting involved, maybe small groups, 
ways of talking about, you know, how things are reopening. So if you want to get involved with the local New Church Live group, um, anyone who lives local to the Philly area, that's happening on Wednesday at 7 p.m. It's the 12th of May, um, and it's online um, for anybody who wants to join. So I would highly encourage anybody who wants to talk local stuff to join Bob in that meeting. He's really excited to, you know, talk about all of that stuff. So if you have any questions, you can email me, um, fill out the contact form, and I can get you the Zoom link um, to that meeting. The next thing I want to mention is that we are... Uh, finishing up our fiscal year. For those who don't know, um, we operate on a fiscal year that ends June 30th. So we're trying to do that final push to get us to our goal. Um, we have roughly uh, $58,000 left to go, which actually for this time of year is quite remarkable. You guys have been amazing in stepping up and supporting this congregation. And I just want to help us get to that finish line um, and meet our goal because it helps fuel all the things that are going on. It fuels things like our Easter flowers that supported a group in Michigan. It supports the Sunday service, the band, um, streaming services that have gone to your house every single week, even during the pandemic. Um, and it's just, we need you to keep doing what we do to support you know, our community and all the things that happen here at New Church Live. So if you want to make a donation and help us meet our goal, you can text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977, and you can make a donation. You can set up a reoccurring donation to really maximize your impact, um, or you can just make a one-time donation to help us meet our goal by the end of the year. Um, and we are so appreciative of everyone who's donated, supported, and continues to help New Church Live thrive. Um, and I've been reaching out to some congregants, you know, all over the country, um, um, to hear how they've been connecting with New Church Live. And I have Craig and Sarah who sent me in a video. Um, they actually host our coffee and donuts, which Chuck was mentioning. Um, and they've been really involved um, from Michigan. So they're going to tell us about their experience with New Church Live. And if anybody wants to send in you know, their reflections on how they've um, connected with New Church Live this past year, please get in touch with me. I'd love to hear how New Church Live is making an impact in your life. So here's Craig and Sarah. In a year that has been so difficult with a world pandemic and political unrest, I have been so happy to have the tools available to me from New Church Live and the 10 Minutes of Calm daily that Chuck has been doing. It has affected my own spirit so much to be able to focus on serving other people and finding a new form of usefulness while we're shut in at home. And it also the awareness that my attitude tremendously affects other people. So I'm grateful to have the reminder each week to carry the message through my life to affect other people. Yeah, and, and the uh, amazing thing that's happened with New Church Life over the last year is, even though it's based in the Philadelphia area, um, the outreach, the taking care of people wherever they are in the world, the awareness that the New Church Live audience can be anywhere in the United States, in fact, anywhere in the world, and raising uh, the organization's awareness and the individual's awareness of the needs of people wherever they are and serving, trying to serve those needs in, in uh, all different parts of the world has just been uh, a great influence on us, uh, helping us to think outside of ourselves. And it's a, a great way to keep our spirits up, to be aware of other people 
and focus on them. So we're really grateful for New Church Live for that influence on our life. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, what a, what a great song to kick off, kick off this series. Like, how do we write our stories? How does that look? And, and I want to just say, just so grateful you're joining us. We have some folks who join us live. We have many more who joined us archived from literally all over the world via podcast, different websites. So we just welcome you all here to talk about this really cool question of what is the good life? Like, what is the good life? And so much of it we're going to be talking about deals with framing. How are we going to frame our lives moving forward? Because this is what I know. I know life is not easy. Life has some days that are so hard, even thinking about them takes our breath away. And other days that are so filled with joy we can't even imagine that we could have ever been that happy. And how is it that we find a good life between those two polarities, knowing life will have both? Now, it's interesting, being a pastor, you know, I work with folks all the time uh, around memorial services and those kinds of things. And, and it's just, it's a small little semantic twist. But it's interesting, most of the time, vast majority of the time, somebody will tell me, you know, he lived a good life. He lived a good life. She lived a good life. People don't really say, as we get ready for a memorial service, like, he lived the good life. Or she lived the good life. So we're going to be looking at how these two little phrases work together and, and, and what they might have to, to show us about life and, and how can we kind of put them together in a good way, understanding that concept of the good life. Now, so much of it, I'll be using these, these next couple of pictures here. I'll be using these, you know, moving forward. And, and so much of it comes down to basic perspective here. I want you to take a look at, at this, folks. At which stage is this particular dandelion the most beautiful? At which stage is it the most beautiful? It's the most beautiful right before it flowers. The flower itself when it's all filled with seed, when the seed starts to go, or when it looks more like me. You know, and I think we can pick any of those. It was interesting in our sermon writing team, you know, we asked, and literally every single one of those had someone pick one. You know, that, oh, it's the most beautiful here, clearly most beautiful here. See, and, and that, that's really important to know, Right? that we can find this good life in any stage. I'll, I'll tell you, by the way, just so you know what the right answer is. <laughs> the right answer is the one on the far right, because obviously that's the, that's the time of life where we've, just, we've learned to give it all away. That's my two cents, of course. You're, you're more than welcome to disagree with that. But that idea of the good life, like any one of those five, can be looked at and somebody said, oh, yeah, life's good right there. Life's good right there. Do we see that in human interactions? Absolutely. 
This is a picture from a baptism of a few weeks ago. And I'm not naming names, but you see, you see the whole span there, right? You see all five of those stages. And I think so much of life is, going, is, is looking at each one of those and going, oh, this is beautiful. Oh, yeah, and this is beautiful, too. And that's where maybe we can find the idea of what a good life is. As we were talking about this as a team, we came to see like, yeah, there, there is a little bit of tension here between living a good life and living the good life. You know, I, I, I have an image when somebody says like the good life, I have an image of what that would look like for me. And it usually involves a, a cigar, a beer and a remote control. That's the good life. And, and not that there's anything wrong with that. Like, we're not here to say, like, don't you dare watch TV. <laughs> That's not it. There are clearly times and places for that. But we can't confuse, please listen, the means and the meaning. We can't confuse the means and the meaning. So what is it, you know, about living the good life? Well, when we talk about living the good life, you know, that tends to be an outside job. I'll have the good life when I have all these different things. And one of the challenges of that is this, and it's the sermon title. The sermon title, and I say this with a big smile, we can be unhappy anywhere. We can be unhappy anywhere. I realize that probably for a lot of us with kids, you know, I went through a phase with thinking, like, if we just get the kids to Disney, it'll be nirvana, and they'll be happy for the entire week. That's not true. <laughs> it's not true. There are people in the Caribbean right now sitting on a beach totally miserable. And there are people sitting in circumstances we wouldn't want who are totally happy. How does that work? Like, how does the frame work? How do, we, how do we reframe our lives in such a way that we're just like, yeah, life is good. Not perfect. But reframing life in a way we understand that life is good. So I want to share with you a, a little story about that. Now, now imagine, imagine a picture here. Imagine a picture of, of a dad with his daughter, right? And, and they've always taken this beautiful family vacation, you know, when she was little. And, 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 you know, they always had this little thing where they would go outside and they would, they would watch the sunset over the lake. I mean, I can remember with our daughter, Brooke, going outside one night and we had a lake house and we were on the porch and we we're looking up and the Milky Way's over top and she's asking me questions about God. Never ask a pastor about God, by the way. You'll get a big, much longer answer than you want. But, you know, this, this beautiful, like beautiful connected moment, right? Just beautiful. And the challenge can become this. The challenge can become this. And we're going to hold off on the next picture here for a minute. We can go through our lives thinking, oh yeah, you know what? The water and my daughter and our family, like that was all joyous. And so, so as, we, as we mature, oftentimes we have more means, we have 
more financial resources to do things with. So we might decide like, well, I know that she really liked our little sunfish sailboat. So we're going to go with a bigger sailboat, which is great. And then a bigger sailboat, then a bigger sailboat, then a bigger sailboat, then a bigger sailboat, thinking we're going to recapture that moment again and again and again. And, and that enjoyment of a sailboat lasts until you pull it into a marina and you see this. All of a sudden, there's all these other sailboats and we get caught in the comparison trap. It's one thing, friends, to be happy. It's another to be caught in this endless cycle of constantly trying to be happier. And, and God really wants us to, to be able to hold things differently. Not, not like, well, that means don't do a sailboat. That's not the point. That's not the point of the sermon at all. It's about means and meaning. It's about, about what, are, what are the means and what are the ends? What are the goals? And from, from Swedenborgian thought, we really believe that, that, you know, the ends determine the means. We really got to look at what the end is. What's the real goal? What, were, what are we really trying to actually accomplish here? And then how do we build backwards, build those things that can help us move that direction? If, if, if we fail to do that, if we fail to do that, if we fail to, to reframe our lives in a certain way, and, and we get caught in this comparison trap, if we get caught into this, this endless cycle of, I need to be happier, I need to be happier, I need to be happier. If we get caught in that, that endless loop versus finding the happiness Folks, the happiness is just right in front of us. Again, when we get caught in the trap of not being able to find the happiness right in front of us, it can actually lead to a lot of despair. I love this quote from Serene Jones about despair. Despair creeps in especially when I strenuously wish my life could be otherwise. My family could be otherwise. My work could be otherwise. That the world around me could be otherwise. And as the musicians come out, I want to just like thinking, we're really going to think, we're really going to dive into to what does it look like when I manage to move out of this trap that it's all about pursuing the good life and maybe reframing our lives around this idea of what is a good life. And maybe that frame's a lot bigger than what we Guys, beautiful, beautiful song. Yeah, isn't that a gorgeous song? And again, I, I just, I have this image. See, I'm thinking a lot about our daughter. She's getting married in August. Like, how fun is that? And how fast the time has gone. And there was just this special moment, you know? It's this special moment. It was really, at that moment, a good life. And life has gone on, it's, it's had good days, bad days, really hard seasons, really beautiful seasons. And yet, how do we try to live in a place of peace? And again, a place where we can just say, like, like from the bottom of our hearts, like, life is good. Like, life is good. So let's look at this real specifically, right? We, we said like if we get too enamored with the good life, we can, we, can, we can constantly get caught in this racket of that I need to be happier, need to be happier, need to be happier versus finding the happiness we are in. 
And, and, you know, God's really clear. He knows that's a human proclivity, a human tendency. So he has this little thing called the Ten Commandments, one of which is thou shalt not covet. Restated, don't wish you had all the stuff someone else has. That's simple. And that's a great place to start. Because, folks, part of it, and this is a little bit of an aside, if we can really live into thou shalt not covet, in other words, not wishing that we had everything everyone else had, that command over time becomes a promise. Thou shalt not covet becomes, yeah, you're just not gonna be comparing yourself anymore. You're not gonna be wishing you had everyone else's stuff anymore. And there's a beautiful freedom in that, right? So that's, that's just a basic starting point. Like, thou shalt not cover an important sacred no that leads to a, to a much greater sacred yes. And, and what is it, folks, like, like in actually to living a good life? Like, how does that look? What does is, what is that function like? And we could pick any number of Bible stories to do this. And what I picked was I picked a passage from 1 Timothy, which was written after Jesus had died and been resurrected. It's towards the end of the Bible. And it's, it's, it's a letter, and it's a letter that, that the Apostle Paul writes to this person by the name of Timothy and his church. And he says, this is what to remember. And, and I think we could say, like, this is what he says to remember about a good life. So this is from 1 Timothy 6. These are the things I want you to teach and preach. If you have leaders there who teach otherwise and who refuse the solid words of Jesus, tag them for what they are. And this is is, uh, from the translation called The Message, so it's done in sort of modern language. Ignorant windbags who infect the air with envy, controversy, bad-mouthing, and suspicious rumors. Eventually, there's an epidemic of backstabbing, and this is a beautiful line, and truth is but a distant memory. So this is about coming back to what's true. This is about moving away from gossip and drama and all these other parts that are not not the best of the human condition. We'll just leave it at that. And moving towards a good life. What is that? Well, Paul goes on. A devout life brings the rich simplicity of being oneself before God. I want to say that again. The rich simplicity of being oneself or yourself before God. Like rich simplicity there, right? Since we entered the world penniless and will leave it penniless, if we have bread on the table and our shoes on our feet, that is enough. But if it's only money these leaders are after, they'll self-destruct in no time. And again, that's where we confuse means and ends. Lust for money brings trouble, nothing but trouble. And there, like, it's, 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 it's the neediness for these things, not the things themselves. Going down that path, some lose their footing in the faith completely and live to regret it. But you, Timothy, you man of God, run for your life from all this. Pursue a righteous life. Listen to these words here. A life of wonder, faith, love, steadiness, and courtesy. Wonder, faith, love, steadiness, courtesy. And again, like just, just thinking for a minute, you know, that again, that wonder we might find up on the roof from that song that they just sang. Run hard and fast in the faith. 
seize the eternal life, the life you were called to, the life you so fervently embraced in the presence of so many witnesses. Beautiful set of lines there in terms of, of what it means to actually live a, to live a good life. And, and, and it's important to sort of couch this in terms, and, and we said this last week, but I want to reiterate it, or a couple weeks ago, reiterate it again. Like, the, the Christian life, it's, it's really about resurrection, not about success. And, and that's not saying success is bad. The, the Christian message is, is really about how do we find life anew? Heart of stone, heart of flesh. How do we have that movement in our lives? Sometimes it's accompanied by success in terms of, of resources. Sometimes it's not. Regardless, it's not the point. The point is finding that new heart, that new will, that new way. Finding that good life. Now, again, I want to reiterate here, like this beautiful line, pursue a righteous or a good life, a life of wonder, faith, love, steadiness, courtesy, guard it with your life. I want to start there with, with the idea of wonder, right? Like just about wonder. Can, can, we, can we sit with wonder? Can we, can we embrace the idea of wonder? I mean, folks, like, I, you know, right? Like, like there's always these moments, always these moments where we can just sit there in awe and wonder. of how good these things are, how good people are. I mean, of course there's the opposite. Of course we, we need to not be ignorant of that. But, but there's also, like 24-7, there are moments of wonder right in front of you, right in front of all of us. And what can we find there? And again, I, I love this line, a devout or a good life does bring wealth. The rich simplicity of being yourself before God. That's screenshot worthy. The rich simplicity of being yourself before God. Just think of the breath that we can find. We just get like, here I am. Here I am. It's fascinating to me that when you do a Bible study, in other words, you look at a bunch of passages in the Bible, one of the most common refrains to God's call is God calling us and in the response of some very famous people in the Bible being this simple here I am and I don't see that kind of as like the teacher calling for the answer going you know raising your hand like I got the answer I got the answer I, I think there's part of it that's that's just this simple sober um grounded like blessed broken and shared place that just goes yeah just just here I am. Just here I am. And sometimes that'll just be like, here I am. Today's a mess. Here I am. All I can seem to do is cry today. Here I am. Let me tell you how excited I am about my daughter getting married. That's the true here I am. And there's a rich simplicity there. It's, it's like rich dirt where things can grow. 
because it's, because it's so grounded in who we are and where we are and how our lives are working at that moment. It's happy. It's not trying to be happier. There's such power in that. And imagine, folks, if we pull those two together, wonder and simplicity, the rich simplicity of being ourselves. Wonder and simplicity. Let's go back to that picture again, right? I think our lives, right, I I would love to say like, well, our job is to just be the dad on the left. That's not gonna happen, right? It's not gonna happen. I'm going to want other people's stuff, I think, until the day I die. I think I'm going to be playing the comparison trap till the day I die. So the question is not about perfection, it's about progress. It's about how do we try to lean more and more towards that so that I can actually look at this and actually, actually hold this frame, hold this frame a little differently. Yeah, the the frame has the whole parts because I have both parts that are underneath both those pictures. And I'll live in one some days, I'll live in the other some days. But can I constantly try to shift the frame, shift the frame, shift the frame to what does it mean to live a good life when I constantly find myself in pursuit of the good life? How do I shift it? I think that's what God is is calling us to, and I think that's the authentic alternative that he offers to us. So what do we do? Like, like what does it look like to actually kind of sit in that place of a good life? And I'm gonna be be sitting down and and telling you a couple of stories around that, a couple of stories I think that that are very significant. So I'm gonna sit down over here and read you a quote up here on the screen first. The more we love what is good and true, the more the angels, and with the angels, heaven, and here the connotation is all of heaven, love to be with us because they immerse themselves in the good impulses of love and the true ideas of faith. They are really alive. So folks, that idea, like, like the more we kind of like line up with what is good and true, what is really good and true, the more we connect to heaven. And, and it's not just connecting to heaven, like, uh, like reaching up with an antenna and kind of stirring heaven. It's reaching up with that antenna and tuning in to what heaven is all about. And the idea being that, 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 that angels, you know, that, that angels surround us. There is such a thing as guardian angels. And, and they're just so desiring to just wait to make that connection because of all the joy that flows in with it. God's joy, their joy, your joy. God's joy, their joy, your joy. All of them lining up. That's that's what it means to be, I think, in the flow. We don't live there 24-7. At least I certainly don't. I I maybe see that place maybe once, (laughs) I don't know, maybe once every three weeks. 
But it's a beautiful place, and it's the place where all of a sudden we start to understand, we start to frame the idea around a good life. And it's, it's so much not based on any kind of comparison to what other people have. It's not based on any kind of idea of, yes, but I could be happier if. It's just happy. Just where it is. It doesn't mean, again, because I'm sure there are people who are watching this today who are really struggling with things, and it's like, I check, I can't find it today. I want to say, my heart is with you today. Because we've all had days like that where we just can't find it. It's not that easy. And life is always about progress, not perfection. It's about how do we lean these directions? How do we kind of allow God to stir our best intentions of our heart and just push that way just a little bit? That is a living faith. That is a faith that's alive. Now, coming back over here, that idea of a faith that's alive, do we get a chance to see it and experience it from other people? Absolutely. You know, and it's, it's that idea of a, of a faith implanted in love. That's from the book Secrets of Heaven, 1737. Faith implanted in love. And, and we get to see that in some really, really beautiful ways. One of which I got to just talk with someone about. I mean, it's, it's so much fun when you see somebody who's found a moment where they've touched that flow, where they've touched a good life, and they just know it. You get to experience that all the time, actually, in terms of, of conversations with other people. It's, it's a really good part of being a pastor. And I was very, very, very touched having a conversation about this group, CASA. Mi casa es su casa. There's, there's my limit of the Spanish language. You know, obviously meaning house or home, but also an acronym for this, Court Appointed Special Advocates. This is a volunteer group that's throughout the country. So I know we have people watching from all over, and you're welcome to Google it, see what they have available for you locally. Court appointed special advocates. And what these folks do is, is they are volunteers who get assigned to work with, with children who are going through the foster care system. Special advocates for these kids who work right hand in hand with the families, the foster families, the courts, to try to serve the children's best interests. And I very much enjoyed interviewing Jen Osblond about how, what she had found in this. So I want you to listen to, this, to, this, to this, this little clip, this little short clip from Jen. And again, I want you to think, yep, that's faith implanted in love. Take a look. And, and uh, you know, and we all have these moments for those of us who've been honored to, to work with folks. And, and uh, you know, this moment, Jen, where it's just like, this was a golden moment. And could you share with us a moment for you that was just like, this was a golden moment for me. This was, this, this showed me sort of, this is why I'm doing this thing. Well, I, it's, this might be kind of silly, but, um, so my one little boy turned five in 
um, what month are we now? We're April. Yeah, March. He turned five in March. And because of COVID and because of the rules of the, like, I, I, they, there's a lot of um, parameters of what I can and can't do because they really don't want these kids to come reliant on us in a way financially and things like that. But so I asked my supervisor, I'm like, could I just like send balloons to him or something? And uh, so I sent him, I decided thinking about when I was a kid, how excited I was to get mail. So I went to the dollar store and I bought a bunch of stickers that I thought he would like and I mailed them to him. And then I had balloons delivered on the same day to his house. And he had, he had recently cut his hair. So he had a big down to the skull here, you know, bald, and then his puffy hair here. And his foster mom took a video and he's like, Jen, thank you for my balloons and my stickers. I really love them. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like you would thought I sent him, you know, I don't know, a remote control car. This kid was so sweet. And it's just like, just to me, what it represented was a little effort on my part and a little thoughtfulness just can change this kid's life. That's what it felt like. That's, that's a powerful video. And, and, you know, I ask you, you know, there's a longer, the longer full interview is posted up on our Facebook page. Take a look at it. It's, it was very powerful. And it was wonderful to kind of hear the emotion in, in Jen's voice. Like this really has deep meaning to her. She's describing sort of her compelling why around this. And that's a good life. Balloons and stickers, a good life. You folks, can you see there? Can you watch that and think, wonder? Yeah, there's some wonder to that. And there's also rich simplicity. There's clearly that good life that Paul was talking to Timothy about. There clearly is a place there where angels can play. God's joy, their joy, our joy, a five-year-old boy's joy, all adding up. Plus, who doesn't love a five-year-old who cuts their hair? Those, those moments, folks, are, are again, they're, they're so different. They're such a far cry from that quote on despair that I, that I read earlier in the service. They're, they're the exact antithesis of it. And it's, it's not even that all of those questions get answered. I mean, I think this is my little aside. I say it a lot. One of the problems is when, when people complain about not having what other people have is, is there's, we kind of, we can, we can easily say, yeah, but look, you have more than a, than a homeless family or whatever. That's not a good response. It's the comparison trap again. It's just trying to answer their angst with more comparing. And, and can we actually answer our angst with less comparing? And more living. Less comparing, more living. And more living in to a good life. Now, in honor of Mother's Day, you know, again, I know Mother's Day, it, it means a lot of different things to a lot of people. It's interesting as a pastor, this is, 
This is the holiday I get warned about consistently about like, check, make sure you make room for this group and this group and this group and all the wonderful moms and the single moms and the people who, who aren't moms and all this, that, and the other thing, people who had moms who were really hard. Like, we, we do want to hold all that, obviously. And, and I would imagine that there's somebody in your life who filled the role, maybe not necessarily a maternal role, but who filled a, excuse me, I mean, maybe, maybe did fill a maternal role, who filled, filled a maternal role that really made a difference to you. It might have been a teacher or your mom or, or a favorite aunt or, or whoever. So what I'm going to ask you to do is to take a look at this question. I want to honor this Mother's Day. And, and again, I want to leave that open too. So if you want to honor this Mother's Day and you're thinking of a particular group, you're more than welcome to text that into me. And I should have said she or they lived a good life because I want to honor this Mother's Day. Who do you want to honor? You can just put the name down or the group. And then why? Like, what do you see? Like, she or they lived or live a good life because. Bop, bop, bop. All right? So please take 60 seconds answer that question. You can put it right in the chat window, either on Facebook or on live stream. And again, we got most of our audience actually watch these, watches these service archived. And you're more than welcome to text it to me later in the day. People often do, and that's totally fine. And you can just text it to me at my phone number there, 215-740-3662. 7403662 please take 60 seconds and go ahead and answer All right, folks. So to close, to close today's service, you know, do think about that, that honoring. I'm going to go back through these as they come in through the day and just, just throw a few up there on Facebook because I, I do think they're so incredibly beautiful. And, and what all of this reminds, reminds me of is this, that living a good life is living the good life. Living a good life is living the good life. Here, just, there are, here are just a few examples that have, that have been sent in, and we'll be posting some more up there. Get these through. Mom, she found joy in always putting her children's best interests before hers. I honor my sister-in-law, Sue, who died suddenly this past year. She taught me so much 
about birding, how to care for them. My hummingbird feeders are ready in memory of her. That is good. My mom lived a good life because she was always looking for how to serve and connect with people. My sister Donna, who was filled with love, selflessness, forgiveness, mercy, and laughter. Her house was a Kool-Aid house, and yet she found so much time for parents, family, and friends. I want to honor this Mother's Day, everyone that enjoys the small things in life. My mom, she lived a great life because of all the people she helped get sober. There's other ones that we'll, we'll put up there. And that's stuff to think about, folks, as you go into it again, thinking again. Like when we get caught up in this pursuit of the good life, just remember, living a good life in the end is living the good life. Amen. What we're going to do now, friends, is, is I'm going to go through and offer a, a prayer. Then we're going to do the Our Father prayer, followed by a blessing. And then we will have our final song in honor of Mother's Day. So please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. Thank you, Lord, for joining us. Lord, help us to really think about living a good life and how living a good life can become living the good life. Help us to find that faith deeply embedded in love. Help us to find that faith, that trust that we are in the lives we are supposed to be. Help us find that faith that helps us continue to take one step forward at a time. Be with all the wonderful women in our lives, Lord. Those who are mothers, those who are not, those whose hearts are full today, those whose hearts are broken, let all of them know, Lord, love and care and connection this Mother's Day. Our Father, who art in heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace and bring you home. Amen.